0: Friendshiping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative.
1: This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity, who asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy the show. I'm Jen.
0: And I'm Trin. This, this is, is Friendshiping. Friendshiping! And the theme this week is...
1: Uh, oh, oh God. God, this is... <laughs> Welcome to the Thunderdome of emotions. <laughs>
0: Friendship between humans has many benefits But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits You friendship at the problem Hi everybody, welcome to the Thunderdome of Emotions That's
1: what this is, it's gonna be, it's gonna be It's gonna get ugly up in here
0: It really is, it's like I want to do like pre-episode banter But I also feel like we should just start Because we're gonna
1: start throwing up I over. know. I know. I'm kind of like, I'm getting a little yeah. antsy to do this just because I know it's going to suck and I want to get it over with.
0: But it also is going to be wonderful,
1: you know? Maybe it'll be cathartic.
0: I, I think it'll be a lot of things. I think it's going to be a tale of darkness and sadness, but also hope and joy and love and faith.
1: Oh, wow. Yes. There's a lot going that's going to happen here. Yes,
0: there is, Jen. <laughs> I believe there is. Um, should we just hit...
1: It? yeah let's just do it let's rip it? the band-aid off Ugh. Oh, okay, do it. ready yes i have a question about friendship with myself i have been struggling with my self-worth for some time now and working on it has been frustrating and a slow process recently you talked about your own issues in this field and some ways that you have worked through them could you talk more about that
0: whoo okay
1: so this person decided to turn the tables and ask us about our insecurities, which, frankly, is just rude.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, there's just so many of them. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: rude to ask us to do such a, so much work because there's so many of them.
0: When we uh, got this question, we were like, oh, shit, we are totally going to have to answer this. It's going to have to happen.
1: Absolutely. It's such a good question.
0: Yeah. And then uh, we sat down, like we always do, like 20, 15 minutes before we record, and we just jot down notes. We are close to four pages of notes, and it's not been a very long time.
1: (laughs) It has not, and I feel weird now, but that's okay.
0: So, you know, I felt weird, and now I feel like, you know what? I kind of feel that I want to tell this story.
1: Yeah, and I feel like we've skimmed over this, but we've never really fucking got into what makes Trin and Jen.
0: Trin and Jen. Trin and
1: Jen. We've talked about our darkness, and now we're going to talk about it in a, in a more real and honest way.
0: I agree. Yeah, and and detailed.
1: And in detail.
0: So Jen, tell me about high school
1: Jen. Oh, God. Well, this will be fun. I was too perfect, volunteered too much. <laughs> it's just, like, too popular. <laughs> um, no, uh, in high school, I was not a great friend. And it's because... Wow, I'm just going to get into it, aren't I? do it, Wow, Jen. well, oh. I had this person in my life that I could not easily escape because, you know, high schoolers are young teens. And that person was telling me often that I was mean, that I was mean-spirited and that I wasn't worthy and that I was doing things wrong. And this person, like I said, was not someone I could easily remove from my life. And it kind of became a self-fulfilling prophecy because then I did become mean if I wasn't already. And I did become, in my own eyes, pretty worthless. And I wasn't. No teen is worthless. No. They all, you know, we need teens in this world. Man, it took me until I graduated college to realize, you know what, that's not normal. Like, that's not a normal thing.
0: You and I are very pro-teen people. Absolutely. Like, I feel like teenagers get a really bad rep because people think like oh they're snarky and like shitty and i don't want to hang out with. and teenagers. they're shallow right and that's n- inaccurate they're just another type of human and i remember there was this time on twitter where people were making the joke oh i'm a teen ally and blah, blah 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 like like oh yeah look this is so like teens really need people yeah they do like being a teenager is fucking hard it's the worst
1: it is super fucking hard you have no context for your life yeah you don't know yet what's how to judge people. Like, you're learning all that stuff. Maybe you even smell. Yeah. And puberty is happening.
0: Right. You're being just, there's just a bunch of chemicals in your brain that you don't understand, forcing you to feel different things because, like, you're still becoming a human and growing.
1: And you don't know what's normal and what's okay yet. Yes. Like, I remember thinking, like, I'm not having sex. Like, is this okay? Yeah. And and nobody, like,
0: so teenagers are the most susceptible to, like, societal problematic yes. training especially in america we are not exposed to information that would make it way easier to be a teenager like we could use more training on what's normal and what's not
1: absolutely yeah
0: and and training how to be empathetic and and consent-based training like that is something that we would miss entirely
1: so true i remember like the biggest influence to me and when i was in high school was my cross-country coach who was just the most amazing incredible woman oh Yeah, God, she's amazing. Like, I I still talk with her. It's been so many... It's like, yeah, she's like the biggest influence on my life. And I think if I hadn't met her and she kind of guided me toward like something I was good at, which was running, I can't even think what would... I don't know. I probably wouldn't be doing a podcast about friendship. So do you feel
0: like you were running added to your understanding of your own self-worth?
1: Absolutely. Almost to my detriment, because it was like this one thing I was good at. I remember in high school, and this happened like... I, I, I had a lot of really smart friends in high school that are smart in a way, I shouldn't say I had a lot of friends, did not have a lot of friends, but the f- <laughs> people I were friends with are very smart.
0: So the majority of the friends that you had were smart.
1: Exactly. Cool. Smart in a way that I am not, like calculus, future CEO, accounting, economics, smart. Oh, you know, okay. numbers.
0: They're not better than
1: you. But at the time, it sure as hell felt like that. Okay. And you know what? This is like, a, oh, Trin's getting a little angry. I'm, a,
0: I'm actually, like, I'm holding my own hands, and I'm kind of white-knuckling them, <laughs> thinking about these people who thought they were better than Jen.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I had a teacher that let me feel that way. Terrible, terrible teacher in Oof. retrospect. Like, man, if I met that guy now, I would fucking kill him.
0: It's crazy how your female cross-country coach and your, what what so what Male,
1: teacher- a P economics person. Wow. Teacher. Crazy how I that know. works. Wow, oh. can you believe it? Like
0: the people who work in STEM fields, like they drive women out of the, them early on.
1: Yep. Yep. The whole entire classroom. This guy also sexually harassed Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I know. Like the worst person.
0: So I I think that the takeaway from a, a little bit of this is also like remember that self worth is tied up really early on in your early um, authority figures. Absolutely. And like your slow process of understanding your self worth. I mean, you're untraining years of people shitting on you.
1: Absolutely. And this happens. It's so common. And like I didn't have. I wasn't looking up to my parents at the time which is common in, teen- in teenagers, but oh, I yeah. super wasn't. Like I, had, like I looked at my parents and did not feel like these people got my back. That is not how I feel, which is probably why I clung so tightly to my cross-country coach and why I was so affected by this fucking AP economics teacher that I still have nightmares about.
0: Oh, oh, I believe it.
1: Yeah, and you know what else sucked? Wow, this is really therapeutic, Trin. I'm yeah. so glad we're talking. I am too. Uh, a lot of people that I was friends with really loved this AP economics teacher. Like they were charmed by him, they found his they found him very funny.
0: Well, you know what? I bet it was that he approved of them, and he and they probably saw him approving of them and disapproving of other people. So in a very Slughorn from Harry Potter way, yeah, they were probably like, "Oh, I'm accepted. I'm one of the better ones."
1: Can you blame them for that? They're kids. You can't. No, and, not, not at all. I'm not saying
0: that in a mean way at all. Yeah, it's, it's like that shitty economics teacher. Man, he started a hierarchy.
1: Absolutely.
0: And you have to train yourself out of that. Yeah. And how unfair is that?
1: Wow. I never put this together, Trin. You're <laughs> so good at this.
0: <laughs> oh my God. So 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 we do you feel like we covered Jen as a teenager?
1: Um, yeah, I mean I didn't really hit rock bottom until college. Let's talk about it. Let's talk college. about it. Oh God. College. Okay, so I uh, I ran Division One, cross country and track and I was I still have a lot of emotion and like insecurity tied up in running because I never reached my potential. And I know that sounds silly, but when it's something that you care about, even though it's a sport, it like it's there's nothing more emotional to me than like running a race with a relay with teammates because you've worked so fucking hard every single day. And I, in college, I've never worked harder in my life than I did as a division one athlete in college, which is insane. But like my day was like I would wake up at 6 a.m, go to practice, go to class, get some lunch in, go to another practice, uh, go to night class, try to do homework, and then fall asleep at, like, 9 a.m. and do it all again every single day. And uh, every single weekend was out of town at meets, So I was always tired, and I didn't really – I never worked this hard in my life because who would? It was, like, like really routine and regimented. So I was doing all this work, but, like, it wasn't really coming together. And it's only very – coming together in that I have a scholarship here. Am I ever going to earn it? Like, if I don't run well, they could take my scholarship away. And at 18, that's some pretty fucking bullshit. That's yeah. a
0: lot to have on your plate. Yeah.
1: And you know, it's only recently and it's been a long time since I was in college. Uh even though I'm 19. So I just I'm just aging backwards. Uh it's it's only been recently <laughs> that I've been able to look back on my college career and been like you did well. You did fine. You You're survived a one
0: athlete. Yeah.
1: Like that's insane that I'm so upset about how some things went down.
0: And that's perfectionism, which I think is something that both you and I Do you want I to talk have. about that? I feel like you are still a perfectionist, but in a way that is manageable. Um, like you will write something and then get feedback and you don't get mad about it. You just accept it and make it better and better and better in a way that I think maybe a teenager Jen would be like, fuck this feedback. I suck. I suck. And you I'll, suck. And I'll never do it. I'll never do well again you know yeah. so how do you feel like you have worked on your perfectionism because that's i think at the root of it what and, and correct me if i'm wrong yeah. cuz obviously you lived this and i didn't um but like i feel like at the root of it when you're such a good athlete and you've got to take classes and you're doing all this stuff you're striving for perfection at every moment like that's why you work to the bone
1: right you know there was definitely that there was this i cannot rest unless i'm working mentality and i'm still kind of the same way i have a hard time relaxing i feel like i can't relax until i've worked hard that day which is like just not great it's, it's super it, gryffindor of you is it
0: i think you're a, a griffer claw all the time like really i do um so, so i used to think you were a griffle puff me too but uh, i think that you are regimented and uh like you seem to be a list maker yeah. And uh, I feel like you're spreadsheety in the way that I am, too. Yeah. Um, and I feel like your jock, work hard at it, bang your head against the wall until it's done thing is very Gryffindor. And then the way that you structure your life and your perfectionism is very Ravenclaw.
1: Oh. I love this. That's wonderful. I love Harry Potter, and I love you. I love you, Harry so. Potter, and I love you, too. <laughs> Man.
0: So, col- so college. College,
1: yeah. So college is when I hit rock bottom in that um, – I was doing all this for track and cross country and the thing about that is you have to be pretty extroverted to be on a team with people all the time and there were some there were amazing people on my team like I had people on that team that even though we don't talk very often I consider them awesome people that I'm glad to know that I never would have met otherwise Uh, but not the case all the time there were some people that I was around that straight up sucked just like anything in life but unlike anything other than life I had like I was tied to this team all the time. And I was tied to getting up at 4 a.m. to go to track meets. And in the dead of winter, when you're 18 and 19, the same age I am now. And you're <laughs> missing my other col—missing my other friends. Right. And working really hard. And it became really exhausting. It, it was really hard to exhaust yourself in every way possible. Like, I was an empty cup. like You can't pour from an empty cup. Like, I was just... I was done with life. Like I, I worked I was working so hard and it wasn't I wasn't getting anything in return. Like I wasn't getting the rewards of my hard work. And not socially, like I wasn't feeling fulfilled that way. I wasn't particularly happy with myself. And I remember there was this one time either I think it was yeah, it was freshman year, it was the dead of winter in Chicago. It was a really rough winter that freshman year. So whenever people talk about like bad winters in Chicago, I'm like, I I've had the winter of discontent. Oh I have been there and it was this winter. And I remember I was walking to take the bus downtown to go to classes. That's the other thing about where I went to school. You had to do a lot of commuting, like take the train at like 5 a.m. And that's exhausting. And I remember thinking I cannot walk another step. I like stopped in the middle of the campus and it was like, I don't want to do, I don't want to go to class. I don't want to go back to my dorm. I don't want to go to the cafeteria. I don't want it. There was nothing that could have possibly made me feel better. And that's when I was like, oh my God, I'm having, I feel like I'm having a heart attack. It was a panic attack, but it was a really exhausting one where it was like, I just immediately was like, I could lay down in the snow and fall asleep. And I, I even now I look back and I'm like, I never want to feel that way ever again. And I, uh, I actually ended up talking to a team chaplain, which I am not, uh, I'm not a religious person and I'm not, and which was another thing. I was around a lot of people that were religious and they weren't you know, bigots. They didn't make me feel unwelcome, but it's really hard to like go pray with a bunch of people and you don't really believe in praying. That was another like weird disconnect for me. So I was talking to this chaplain and he was like, the first thing he asked me was like, is there anything you do like about your situation right now? Is there anything about college that you do enjoy? And I, I lied and made up some stuff. I was like, sure. Yeah, definitely. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad I got the scholarship. Like, I was so deep into like this denial of like, well, I know I should be grateful to go to this school in Chicago. These are two things I've always wanted, but I wasn't happy.
0: That's something we kind of touched on last yeah, week. Yeah, like, like when you... you you can deceive yourself, and then you can go to therapy or a chaplain or your religious leaders, and keep lying because that's the reality that you think exists. Exactly.
1: I was like, the reality is, I should be grateful for my situation, and I don't. I, how could I would have to undo so much to. Like, I set things in motion that I thought could not be undone. And then.
0: So how'd you climb out?
1: And then. And then. And then I, uh, I did go to therapy. Cool. I did go to therapy. Awesome. Um, I had a crappy therapist. And then I was like, you know what? I don't think you're great at this. I didn't say <laughs> that. But I remember thinking, like, this isn't helping. So I went to another therapist who did some good work with me. And this is why a therapist helped me find some self-worth. They helped me define some things in my family and my childhood that I did not know had definitions. They could point to something and be like, this person is acting this way because of name of condition. And I remember feeling immediately like sitting up in my chair and being like, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. There's a name for this. There are textbooks about this, which I knew, but you don't really know that until someone tells you like, What you're experiencing is hard. Like a therapist gave me permission to be struggling. And it was like, I am struggling and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I took ownership over like my mental illness for the first time ever. And it's been like really a process since then. That's the other thing about this question is it is a process and it is frustrating. It's
0: an unending process. Yeah,
1: forever. But now I feel like, I mean, here, here's where I started. I started thinking, I, I suspect that I was depressed like my freshman year of college. Like I had s- not wanting to do anything, be around people. Uh, I There were some there were pretty obvious signs that I was depressed. But this is what I thought. I thought there are people that I'm around that know they're depressed, go to therapy, and are on meds. And I can't even do that. I'm not even good at depression. Oh, Jen. That's where I started. Ugh. Isn't that hilariously awful? Like I can't even do depression right. Oh, I know. <laughs> and now – I don't feel that way. I'm great at depression. You're so good at it. (laughs) Now I have ownership over this part of me, and I'm not ashamed of it, and I'm not ashamed that I also was bad at it. Like, it took me a long time to learn how to take care of myself. Um,
0: So, like, as an adult now... Yeah. uh, So you you got your job at Cards.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, and I imagine that would be pretty fulfilling.
1: Oh, I love my job. But for the first year, I, like, couldn't sleep because... I was so afraid of fucking it up. I had looked at my pattern of collegiate running, which was to me a, basically a full-time job, and I looked at my job that I had after college before cards, and I noticed I had this pattern of self-sabotage. I would like get set up to do greatness, and then I would just be like, no, 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 no. no. I'm not going to, no, 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 no. I'm not stepping up to the plate here. Uh, and then I was like, well, I was in therapy, and I was on meds, and I was like, this is, I'm not going to fuck this up. I, I am, I'm am, gonna, I'm going to do okay at this, but it took a full year for me to be like you you're gonna be okay
0: that's something that I feel like everybody needs to internalize is that at your job it takes a while to feel like you understand and get it and are good at it like people think that like oh I got this job I better be perfect at it right away and that's you're still learning for a very long time
1: yeah that's it's just not yes learning for a very long time you don't even know like what the mood of the office is supposed to be when you first start right um, and excuse me. And I also wish this was something more people talked about in general in the workplace. Mental health in the workplace is a topic that should be talked about more.
0: I agree. Yeah. Very strong. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> so this is some stuff that I've gotten over, but there's some stuff that like I won't get over. Yeah. Like I don't like how short I am. Oh, Jen. Oh, <laughs> <It's, laughs> but it's like it's okay. Yeah that's okay. It's okay. If that's like my biggest, it's not my biggest insecurity, but if that's among my list of insecurities, that one I can just be like, I can live with that.
0: Yeah. So what do you think drives you now that will make you still continue growing in the future? Like, do you look back on how you used to feel and think, I never want to do that again, so I'm going to keep trying? Or is it just a survivalist kind of I need to keep doing this. I need to keep going to therapy and stuff because I don't I don't want this to end. You know what I'm
1: saying? Right. Yeah. Maria Banford has this quote that's like, "If you decide to live, like for nothing else, do it out of spite." Yeah. And I think of like this teammate in college that I did not get along with, and I think of like that AP economics teacher, and I'm like, "I'm going to fucking thrive." Yeah. Despite despite everything, like I'm going to keep going. I'm very stubborn. <laughs>
0: So when you're feeling down about your self worth, is that the refrain you tell yourself, or do you have? So a lot of people who are religious they can say, "Oh, God loves me," and I can keep going and stuff like that. Right. Um, But I feel like people like us who are not super spiritual, um, we need to think of our own refrain. Like, do you have one of those that pulls you out?
1: Um, For me, it's usually like, well, it, it depends. Like the romantic, like the romantic good part of this is like, yes, I will thrive. But the reality, it's more like. I need to take care of my dog. I'm going to get out of bed today. Like the, like, it's, it can be very practical. Like when I'm in my low moments, I'm like, if I don't, my dog wants to go for a walk and I want to take her for a walk. I'm going to get out of bed today. Like sometimes it's like that. It's that low. Um, but other times what it really is, it's my friends. Honestly, it really is. Because I some, when I feel really low, when I'm in a bad point, I try to look at myself through my friend's eyes. And I think like there is no way some of my friends who w- would be friends with me if I was awful. Trin looks so sweet right now. I wish <laughs> I wish everyone could see her face. But it's true, like, and I've been alone, and I know what it feels like to be isolated. And I'm not that because I have friends who extend their hands. And uh, I don't know. I look at my friends and I think like they accept me. That's fucking wild that they do that. Yeah, your friends pull you away from the ledge. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. do. Um, I had a therapist once ask me w- to examine when I feel joy. And uh, there are moments when there weren't many. Like, there weren't many examples I could come up with. I remember one time I was like, uh, Friday is from 6 p.m. to Saturday at 10 a.m. And that's that's about the only times I feel joy. Um, this was before my job at Cards. Aww. <laughs> but now... It's not the case. I feel joy when I pick up my dog from daycare or when I record friendshipping or when my apartment is clean (laughs) or when I get to play video games or Saturday mornings when I try a new coffee. Like there are a lot of examples of when I feel like the purest joy and I don't want to lose those moments to depression. It's a battle. It is. Yeah. There are times when depression just straight up wins.
0: Yeah. And it's very like, um, I feel like one of the reasons why nerdy things can hit some people super hard is like the concept of dementors or just the concept of good versus evil in constant struggle all the time and one day good will win over evil like that is that really hits home i think with people with depression is the idea that like we can overcome this and there is a concept of a very clear good and a clear like demon evil in the world and and they are struggling like that's very i think nerd culture and very uh hits home with people who have um, emotional instability
1: that is such a good point yeah i remember like you know part of the reasons i love harry potter so much is because jk rowling has suffered yes like she's coming from a place of darkness and when she writes those books thank you for all the good questions trin oh yeah i feel like i'm on npr i'm having
0: a great time
1: you're so good at it
0: i'm um i'm learning well so the reason why i think it's easy for me to ask you good questions is that a lot of this is stuff i didn't know and i'm really curious to
1: know more and like i feel like i know
0: you better after this which is really cool
1: yeah it's true like this is stuff that I don't talk about that often. I just straight up don't. It's kind of like I skim, I don't hide it from friends, but to dig into it is kind of a a lot to dig into. I mean,
0: how many times in your life is somebody going to ask you, tell me about how you maintained your friendships when you were 17 <laughs> years old? You know, like that doesn't really come up. That's true. Yeah. And I, I would hope that um, when people listen to this episode that they ask themselves those questions and and work through those those bits. Because the way that you were treated when you were 15 by your economics teacher still does affect you today at 43. You yeah. Know?
1: Or 19. Or 19. <laughs> That is such a good point, Trin. Yeah, I guess that's kind of the reason we did this episode, right? Yeah. Like we were hoping that this would make someone nod and go, "Oh yeah." Right. That's true, been there.
0: Right. I haven't examined that specifically, but I can understand how that might still affect me.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a time in my life when I had no self-worth. This question was about self-worth, and there was no there's plenty of times when I had none of it. No value in myself. Um my existence was only a burden. And I don't believe that anymore.
0: That's super good. <laughs> so, how do you feel about yourself now? Because I understand. I mean, you you don't one hundred percent love yourself all of the time. No, that's not
1: possible. Nobody
0: does, except for maybe our president.
1: Oh yeah. If you love yourself all the time, you you could you could be Donald. You might be Donald Trump. You might be Donald yeah. Trump.
0: Like if you accept every single action that you take always.
1: Oh, without
0: question without
1: question or hesitation or worry about how this might or without empathy or worrying how it might affect someone else you might be our president right right so what i've said so far has kind of ended with me saying but i overcame it right but i didn't right i didn't overcome there was this is not something it's not a mountain to climb over it's more like a series of hills my entire life that i will be up and i will be down and i will feel good and i will feel bad and at this point in my life probably because it's daylight sailing time and there's so much sunshine outside (laughs) i feel okay I feel pretty good. But six weeks ago, not a great time in my life. And it wasn't like there was a huge circumstance that was causing it. It was just me. It was internal. It was brain chemical. It was the story of my life is one that will be up and will be down.
0: That's something that I think people need to internalize is that self-worth isn't a light switch. It's not. It's on or it's off. Yeah. It's a dimmer switch. It's a dimmer switch. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's a slider. What you want is for it to be at like, you know, 75% at least sometimes, yeah. you know, uh, but it's not going to not, you won't ever be at a point in your life where you a hundred percent are confident in self-worth all the time.
1: Yeah, never. The reason I'm feeling good this week is because I'm working on a science ambassador scholarship and I put a lot of my self-worth for better or for worse into my work which is not always great because it's just a job and it's capitalism. And someone on the Internet can tell you you're doing bad at your job.
0: But when you see something that you are making that is um, like a like concrete, like there's a, there's a product at the end, I think that that can be really healthy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm proud of this. Like what I'm doing right now this week is budgeting money from the scholarship to send women to the Science March in Washington. And I can't stop thinking about it because like that is just the coolest thing in the world that I get to like make women go march on Washington and tell Trump to fuck off, so that's like what's giving me life this week. And I, it's not always that beautiful, right? <laughs> sometimes the thing giving me life is uh, the snow melted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah. yeah, like sometimes things
0: just suck. So I, th- I feel like what you're uh, driving at partially is so you have to keep looking for the reason that you live. You know, I do. It's not just like I now know what my self-worth is. It's okay. I can take some joy out of this thing. Take some joy out of this thing. Um, It's uh, it's a buffet. Of happiness. It's a buffet. Life is a buffet of sometimes happiness. Sometimes
1: the buffet has been cleared out by the time you get there. Sometimes it's old country
0: buffet. Sometimes
1: it's Ponderosa. Do you know what Ponderosa is? No. Is that a local thing? It's a, It's like an even grosser buffet. Ew. I know. But sometimes. Sometimes. It's a
0: delicious... Oh, God. Do you understand how much I love Chinese food buffets?
1: Ooh. A really good Chinese buffet. Whoa, so good. So
0: good.
1: Not many where I grew up in Northwest Indiana. But... <laughs> Yeah. Trin, thank you for asking me all those questions. Thank you
0: for answering them. Like, I That was really delightful. Yeah? We should do this again sometime. Yeah, we should. Like, interview each other. I
1: want to interview you now.
0: Okay, hi. My hi. name is Trin. Hi, Trin. Garitano. Tell
1: me about your childhood.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I was an incredibly happy, weird kid. I didn't give a shit. I wore like tie-dye shirts and slinkies on my wrists because I wanted to. But then one day, something awful happened to me. And, uh, and it changed me and nobody believed me or understood. And it sucked. It's weird because, oh God, that was such a dark place right away. Um, I did
1: the same thing. And when I answered, I immediately jumped to the,
0: the worst thing ever. Yeah. It changed me and I didn't realize that that happened. So I I remember I was 11 and in all of, like, the advanced classes and blah, 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 blah and, like, doing so good. And then suddenly I was 13 and I was in, a, like, a remedial math class. And it's just, like, and nobody thought that was weird. Like, it was so strange how I was having, like, these uh, night terrors and stuff and I wasn't really focusing on class and just, like, I don't know, I was mean and, like, I was just a shitty preteen. Uh, and... I would, And I felt like somebody should notice something is wrong with me. Nobody did.
1: Absolutely someone should have noticed. I'm glad that you didn't say I should have spoken up. I am so glad you said someone should have noticed. Someone should have noticed. I mean,
0: I was a kid. You were were a child. And and it's only really very recently in the last couple of years that I understand how much that affected me and how much that changed the the way my teens went. Um, So when I was a teenager and I was in high school... You would never know something was wrong with me. I was prom queen.
1: You You were prom queen. I was in
0: all the plays and the musicals. Um, I was a part of a a friend group who um, I loved, but they didn't understand or know me very well uh, because I didn't talk. I was very clinging to the idea of I just want want things to be normal, so I'm just going to pretend that they are. And, And I definitely had my moments as like a toxic friend. You know, uh, and I'm not saying that, like, I pretended to be perfect and so, like, I I assumed, like, everybody thought I was perfect. But I remember there's this one time, because, um, you know, high school girls and high school boys, like, we are, are weird and still figuring ourselves out. I was at a slumber party with um, my close girlfriends at the time, and we... Played this awful game, <laughs> where we all took an index card and we would write one great quality about our friend and one bad quality oh. about everybody in the oh, room. Oh God! And then we read them an- like oh, anonymously. Trend. I know, but but listen, okay. it's, it's okay. not as bad as you think. Okay. Well, it kind of is. So, so we we all read them all out loud about everybody. Mine, nobody can think of a bad quality about me.
1: Wow. Nobody
0: could think of a bad quality. And all my good qualities were like, you're so pretty and you're so nice and blah, 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 And that's when I think I realized as a teenager, I was like, holy shit, nobody knows me at all because I'm just projecting this. I was
1: about, yeah.
0: Yeah. And like, I mean, at home, I was a cutter. Um, I, uh, I made like weird, scary art in my room while I blasted the get up kids, you know. Uh, I was deeply uh, in a spiritual crisis almost all of the time. Uh, and nobody would know this about me because I wouldn't tell people.
1: It must have been so exhausting to put on that much.
0: And this affected me. Um, and this is such a oh, silly thing, but uh, it affected my nerd life, too. I didn't yeah. want people to know I played World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want people to know that like, I had interests that weren't like standard girl, High school girl. interests. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that lasted for a long time. I mean, that lasted until I was in college and I had a boyfriend who... I would lie about playing video games and like, and like that should have been the closest person to me. Right. You know? Um, And then finally, I started kind of opening up to that boyfriend and it drove him away. Oh. He found me negative and pessimistic and. No. Yeah. So
1: the one time you allowed yourself to be a little vulnerable and open up to a person. It was, it was betrayal. Yeah. They betrayed you.
0: Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, like, I, I don't really blame him. He was just like a 20 year old. I was going to say, I know
1: you don't because this person is a human being. Yeah. And people fuck up.
0: And he was so sweet and stupid and positive all the time. <laughs> it's like, I can't.
1: I'm picturing a golden retriever right now.
0: Like, that's actually literally what I would refer to him as. Yeah. Is like, he's a sweet, adorable puppy. Um, and so it would never have, have worked. And I think that another thing that contributed to me, like having like limited self-worth is not just like the bad things that happened to me. Um, but also I, because of culture and society and my upbringing, I put a lot of value on my looks in a way that is unhealthy, I think for a teenager and that's something
1: that's so subjective.
0: Absolutely. And as a perfectionist, you'll never get it right. You'll never achieve
1: it. You'll it's m- like the perfectionist conundrum. You yeah. can chase that, and literally, you will never, you'll never be perfect.
0: Exactly. And and that was something that weighed on me every day. Like, and I think that that's something that is true of me still, and probably many women. Is I think that the average is every seven seconds a woman will think about the way that she looks. So, uh, seems
1: like a high number, actually seven seconds. I would say three seconds.
0: Yeah. <laughs> honestly, no, like, seriously. I mean, cause like you, you'll pass a building and you'll look at your hair and yep. make sure that you like, your butt looks okay. Or, um, you'll be sitting a certain way and then you will like, oh shit, you know, I should straighten up a little bit or, um, gosh, you know, my lips feel like, do I have chapstick on?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so that, that wore on me too. But, yeah. you know,
1: women are like supposed to downplay the things they're proud of. Right. And then work on their appearance. Yeah, And I could kind of see that's what you were doing.
0: That I, I would say that that is true. Yeah. Um, going away to college was incredibly important for me. I almost said good. I don't think that that's true. <laughs> I had a, a single occupancy dorm room that I called the
1: Shire. The Shire. Because I never left it. Uh <laughs> <and> <laughs> And, did uh, you call it the Shire then? Yeah, I did. I love you. Yeah,
0: I actually had a sign that said the Shire I my love door. you. <laughs> um, but uh, I fell away from all of my high school friends. And uh, I know I mentioned World of Warcraft already, um, but I, I know that this is going to be a weird story for some people, but I found myself worth in World of Warcraft.
1: I don't think that's weird. <laughs> I don't. I found myself worth in like online and needle pets.
0: Yeah, I was the best. Yes, I was were. so fucking good at healing, and uh, and I would and people would be like, "Man, Trent is so good." Blah blah blah. And I and I realized that I was seeing myself becoming good at something that I was trying at, and I realized that if I could read these paladin blogs, these healing blogs, the World of Warcraft blogs, and work and put these things together, and uh, I remember finding an old notebook where I had like notes of like lists of like herbs that I should mine and blah blah. blah. Um, If I could do that and become better, then that means that I'm not shit and I could I can do better. You know, like I can try. Um, But, you know, I've had I've had backsliding, you know. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And like and and it's never going to be a perfect process. I was 26 and I worked at an industrial supplies catalog. And I remember being in a cubicle in the basement and thinking, and I, my partner at the time was a writer and is in, so cool still and wonderful. And I, I knew his friends, and I was like, they are a different species from me. I need to learn to be comfortable with my life as a corporate drone because that's all I can do,
1: you know? You were trying to find your place? Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah. Um, it was, uh, and I, I wasn't playing World of Warcraft at the time, so I think I might be part of it. I had yeah. genuinely think World of Warcraft saved my life.
1: I am so glad World of Warcraft exists.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it has ruined as many lives as it has, oh, has
1: saved. I don't care.
0: But uh <laughs> like I don't care. I don't
1: well, Trin's sitting here so I don't, <laughs> I don't care.
0: At 26 I remember um this video game company that will be unnamed. Um they were like, "Oh, you should apply for this job. You're super cool." Well, I met them through uh my boyfriend at the time. And when I didn't get the job, again, like I really just felt like, "Oh, people who do things that I want to do, they're just, it just means that they're special.
1: They're different. They're different. They can do it and I can't.
0: Right. They're a different species from yeah. me. Um, and then I made a whole, so so this was my second, like, darkness period. Right. Uh, I made a whole lot of bad decisions and drove people away from me. And I nearly drove away my partner at the time, who is still my best friend in the entire world, and, and has... Really kind of been like the light in my dark for a very long time. I'm, gonna, I'm choking up thinking of my best friend. It was at that point when I nearly drove him away that I was like, holy shit, I need to fix me. And I got drugs and I got therapy. And as much as I will say that that was a lot like the light finally turned out into my brain, it's still a struggle. It is. You know, like I, I totally agree with you, Jen, when you say I'm not 100% all the time. I don't feel worthy of love all of the time. Um, I don't love me hundred percent of the time. I feel like I lost so much of my life and my adulthood to depression
1: that is so how I feel. I gave up I don't think I enjoyed one second of college yeah, and I'll never get that back. yeah, like I think people build up college in a way that is a little ridiculous. oh sure, but I will never get a campus again. I'll never get a college roommate or a dorm or i'll never I'll never have that back and I and I I hate that a little. Yeah. And that was just college. There right. are other things that I will never, the, friendships I will never get back. Relationships that are forever dead.
0: You know, I've done a few projects. We've done this podcast and our postcards and I've done the internet coven situation. Um, I feel like I finally feel like I can do something I haven't done before. But my self-worth, <laughs> uh, so a question I asked you earlier. Right. Was I was like, you know, people who are spiritual, they can say, like, God loves me, and therefore I I move on. Um, There's a Carl Sagan quote that I remind myself every time that I'm in a dark place or I don't feel worthwhile. Uh, And i will never get the quote completely right, but it's to the tune of every human being, every sentient life is an opportunity for the universe to know itself.
1: Oh, God, I have goosebumps.
0: And I love that because it gives a reason for my pain or my happiness Uh, and I know not everybody can internalize that and I understand that I'm coming from a place of, of privilege I was able to go to college I was able to get this job like and there are reasons for that but anything that happens to me is a new experience for the universe like we're all star stuff you know we're all dust we're all dust we're we are dust that has the opportunity to understand itself and understand other things and how beautiful is that like i know we, we keep ruining the fucking planet <laughs> you know yeah and human beings can be terrible and we can do terrible things but also like how incredible is it that there is something in the universe that can experience itself and like that gives meaning to anything that happens to
1: me that's beautiful Trin. thank you
0: it's, it's very helpful. Thank you, Carl Sagan.
1: When I first met you, you were 27? Tw- yeah, 20, 27, 27, 28, yeah. yeah. And I remember there are many good things I noticed about you right away, <laughs> like how friendly you were and how kind you were to me, a virtual stranger, which, like, is very sweet. And uh, But one of the huge things I remember is how openly you talked about mental health, and that had a profound impact on me. Aww. Not just because it was a workplace, and like people don't talk about that stuff in the workplace, not just that. It was like this person, I honestly thought she has her shit together.
0: Oh, thank you. I
1: totally thought that. And like <laughs> now I know you, and I know you do have your shit together, but you think you don't
0: well, so it's it's less that I don't think I do. It's more like, okay, imagine somebody carrying a bunch of packages you know, and they, they are holding them, Yeah. you know, but they're white knuckling them and like, and they have to kind of move stuff with their nose and like, you know, yeah, they're using a yeah. the whole body to hold them up. And that's, that's me. And I feel like that's everybody, yeah. you know?
1: Sometimes you're walking up a hill. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Um, so, I mean, I think in having my shit together, it's because I try really, really fucking hard You do hard try,
1: you're a fucking hard worker um, and everything you do. That was the you. other thing I noticed about you when I first met you. Were like, she gives a hundred percent everywhere, not just like at her job or like. Uh I don't know. It was like Trin will be the Trin is like, I will drive you home after work. Oh, and do you want me to pick you up tomorrow? Uh can I make you a coffee? Uh what can and like it's it just feel like you're just like a beam of light.
0: Thank you. Yeah. There's a reason for that. I feel like anything good that happens to me is lucky, so I have to pass that on or else I don't deserve it. Which I think it, it is it can be a stressful way to live, but it also is a reason to live. Absolutely. And I think a big part of why I really wanted to make Friendshiping, and Jen, I think this is true of you too, is that we see people who feel like they are a different species and will never do what they want to do. Um, we see people who are hurting, and they're like a cat with a, a thorn in its paw and they don't know why they hurt. They're just lashing out, They don't get it. Um, one of the reasons we do Friendshiping and the other work that we do is because we want to throw a rope to the people in the hole. You know, like we've been in that hole.
1: I've been in that hole
0: and people don't believe us you know like I wouldn't believe me
1: I know I mean I had someone say to me once like but you're so cheerful first of all I'm not that cheerful (laughs) I could be very moody but like I get it but like just because I am cheerful in spite of depression and because of depression right
0: I I think that one of the things that keeps me going is the ability to look back and see how hurt I was perspective Yeah.
1: yeah you have a perspective on your own feelings Um,
0: And I care very deeply about specifically um, women and non-binary people in like their teens and early 20s who are just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get out of this place. I don't know how to like, you know, take that first step to what I want to do. And like I see those people and like I just I really want my whole life to be spent thinking of ways to to pull them up.
1: To make sure they live. Yeah. I want to help those people live and thrive.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's at the core of what we do at Friendshiping. I really do. And I think that, and honestly, like this podcast and the work we do, that, that is a huge part of my self-worth. But the thing is, is that I couldn't have gotten to the point of being able to make that if I hadn't worked through other problems first.
1: Yeah. Like years of your life. Yeah. Like you said, years of your life lost. And now, now I kind of feel like I'm getting some of my years back.
0: Yeah, me too. I feel like
1: I'm making up for lost time when all this stuff we're able to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah we're lucky we're so lucky I think back on my that's the other thing I look back on my darkest times and I Trin kind of like you I also had a a close friend who is still my BFF today who was seen the worst of me yeah and it's like still here like seeing the person having a meltdown on the verge of like not wanting to be on the earth anymore and that person is still my friend today, and it's the person that I laugh with. That person has seen me at my happiest, like, every day, and my complete rock bottom. And I think, like, I got lucky. Yeah. My depression is serious and real and awful, but I, I'm lucky, too, because yeah. I had access to a therapist, and now I, I have I have health care.
0: Yeah. and that Oh, God. So that's a big thing, too. Yeah. Is that whenever I feel good, because, um, like, I'm still on meds, and I probably will be for the rest of my life. But I I often think, like, what if I lose my health care and I have to slide back into that dark place again, you know? Right. Um, And that's why, like, I care so much about health care and I organize, like, protests and stuff. Because, like, can you imagine being somebody who never had access to that stuff?
1: Ever. I would. I mean, I'd be dead. Yeah. I wouldn't be alive anymore. We lose so much good in this world because we don't take care of each other. I feel a moral imperative to take care of other people at this point. And it's because my cup is, it's not full, but it's like, there's water in my cup. I
0: could spit around the water. Yeah. 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 yeah like, and I, I love that, Jen. I love that analogy too. People have done this for me and filled my cup. I don't deserve all of this water. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there's droughts elsewhere. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. You know,
0: man, this got real.
1: It got so real. And you know, Trin, I think you and I both do this. We get a lot of self-worth A lot of our value comes from helping other people. Yeah. And I read this quote once that was like, self-worth cannot be outsourced. But I think it could be outsourced a little bit.
0: I don't think that's outsourcing. I mean, you're doing the work.
1: Yeah. Well said. Exactly. Because I've been thinking about that quote for a couple weeks now. And I'm like, it's true. It has to come. I have to take care of myself first. I have to put my oxygen mask on first. You can't pour for an empty cup. But also, I reach out to my friends when I'm feeling low. To see how they're doing, yeah. Because knowing that they're alive, that they're they're also surviving in a crap in a crappy world, gives me some life.
0: Man, uh, I used to. I don't do this anymore. And I, man, this is gonna sound so cocky and shitty. I don't do this anymore because now I have too many Twitter followers. <laughs> but <laughs> brag I, about it. I know, right? That was such a shitty humble brag. But I used to be like, uh, when I was feeling really down, I would be like, "Does anybody need a compliment?" Yeah,
1: I remember. Yeah,
0: and I would just do that for hours. And it was, it was so good at like, dragging me out of a hole.
1: It's it, such a good exercise. It is. It turns your brain around.
0: I feel like the, the thing that rings true for both of us is our self-worth is not an absolute. No. And, and it never will be. It is a dimmer switch. But we both have mechanisms now for maintaining that and maintaining health. And a big part of that is to be open about mental health. Um, mm-hmm. so people understand like their own mental health um, and to continue in even in, in tiny ways um, even in this like tiny podcast like that helps us at our self-worth um, and it's an exercise really in our own demons <laughs> absolutely
1: and like I'm still learning my mechanisms oh yeah me I too, have some yeah. tried and true ones but like thing things won't always be be like they are right now what a profound statement Jen <laughs> but like for real I'm we could have recorded this episode like literally a month ago when I was in a low place and it would be different yeah but right now I feel good and I feel ready to talk about this kind of thing and there are some days when it's not going to happen
0: I I totally agree Sometimes... we almost
1: didn't do this today yeah yeah we were almost like should we should we move this to another day <laughs> well, but you I think you said no I, I want to you wanted to try.
0: Yeah. I was just feeling grumpy. <laughs> I was just generally You had the grumpy. grump grumps. I had the grumps. Um, but then I... If, so it's funny because that's just another exercise. Uh, I was feeling grumpy and I asked on Twitter, does somebody tell me some good news so I can get into a better mood before friendshipping? And oh my God, did people come through? But the thing that really hit me was um, this woman said that at her school, people found a way to decontaminate water uh, of mercury
1: oh by using a God. cool like sponge.
0: And... That hit me hard because I, I need to remind myself that humans suck sometimes and we destroy things, but we try hard still. And we can get ourselves out of this mess. I truly believe that. And I know that this, that seems kind of like crazy to people with like the world today. But when I see good things come out of people, when, when people just bang their head against the wall until they solve a problem... Like God, that's so wonderful, I know, and and we're not gonna stop like the evil won't stop, but neither will the good so like if we if all of the good can kind of like spread itself out a little bit, like I think we can do it, I think we can make it i, think, I do I
1: think I think so too, I do think that I have seen such goodness, and my world is pretty small, I know, yeah. yeah, our world's in you know they're small, mm-hmm. our lives are valuable and small, but even in. From my little vantage point in this podcasting studio, I have seen goodness. Like, tears out of your eyes, big and small, goodness.
0: Yeah. I don't have a lot of faith in, like, the whales making it for much longer. Okay.
1: <laughs> the <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. The humpback whales are doing really well. <gasps> oh, yeah! Yeah, they oh, are. well, never mind. They are doing very well. Since whaling was outlawed in the 60s, they're up by, like, 300%. That's fucking dope. Yeah. They're we doing can't... well.
0: Like, again... Like, there's, you could argue with me with plenty of evidence that humans are Absolutely. not doing well. You could do it. But, like, you can't ever convince me that we won't stop trying.
1: Yeah. We will keep trying forever and ever. Yeah.
0: We will. Man, this got bigger and bigger and bigger.
1: Yeah, it did. It sure did. Wow.
0: Uh Has this been friendship thing?
1: It's been something. It's been something. It's been a thunder fucking dope.
0: Uh, Man, I really, oh God, everybody knows a lot of details about us now.
1: Yeah. Trin, thank you for sharing that story. That was beautiful. I learned a lot about you.
0: I learned a lot about you too.
1: Um, Man. Wow. How are we going to go about the rest of our day now?
0: I really (laughs) think we should go home. I'm pretty tired. I'm exhausted. Let's take a nap. So uh, this has been Friendshiping with Jen Trin. Trin. Uh, if you want to ask us a question, uh, please don't ask us personal questions for another couple months. Yeah, they don't
1: all need to be that heavy. <laughs> they can be like, hey, my friend smells.
0: Yeah. I w- how can I tell my friend that they smell awful? Yeah. Which you should tell them.
1: You should tell them. They
0: probably know.
1: Uh-uh-uh. They might not know, really? Trin, what? <laughs> I have no sense of smell. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Which is why I tell my partner, mm-hmm. I need you to tell me mm. if... I smell. Oh, well. Yeah. OK, well, so, let's dive into that next week. Yeah, pretty rare circumstance. But there could be a non-smelly in your life.
0: <laughs> We're going to dive into the way Jen smells next week. Uh, so our ask call is s.fm slash dofriendship. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, we are at dofriendship. Uh, and you should like and subscribe and review our podcast if that's up your alley.
1: So now, more than ever, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening.
0: And I mean, I'd say you're welcome for talking, but thank you for
1: my talking. Yeah. Trin, thank you for talking.
0: Thank you, Jen.
1: You're welcome.